In 2000, my next guest set out to solve a common and growing problem. He loved gadgets, but there was no easy way to carry, organize, access, and protect them while he traveled. So Scott Jordan created Scott E. Vest. As more people joined the pocket revolution he was starting, it became clear that the mission of Scotty Vest extended far beyond just Vest and far beyond just travel. Today, with several patents and nearly 10 million pockets sold, Scotty Vest has developed a full line of tech-enabled, multi-pocketed clothing for men and women. We're going to talk to him about how he launched his business and that infamous Shark Tank experience. Welcome to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Scott Jordan. He's one of the world's most respected business experts, Jeffrey Hazlett. I want to take you behind the scenes on what's happening in business today. And whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, we're going to find out the secrets behind their success. This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Hey, Scott, you know, first, I got to say, you and I have met each other, but we met because I love your product. I, and I didn't even know that you were the guy until you were the guy. But you know, the first time I got one of your uh, pieces of clothing was the travel vest. And my wife bought it me for Father's Day. And I, this is about seven years ago. And I have been a converted, converted maniac fan since then. And not, and not because any other thing than I just really like the product. So I have to hats off to you, man. Well, I certainly do appreciate it. Paradigm-shifting clothing. I mean, once you realize you can carry all the things with you that you'd want without having a bag, it changes your perception of clothing. Well, you know, not only just that, the fa- I actually, your vest, the travel vest, and the jackets. Now, I got the jackets, too. I don't have any pants. And I finally broke down and bought some of your, your underwear because um, you and I have joked about it. I didn't want you touching anything of mine, so to speak. But, you know, <laughs> which, you know, funny, funny, funny. But but really, the vest, actually, I'm a big guy, and it makes me look thinner. People tell me that I look like I lost weight when I'm wearing the vest. And I might have, I mean, literally 10 pounds of electronic gear on my body at any given time. Well, you know, we spend a lot of time engineering clothing, and we use the word engineering as well as designing to ensure that when you wear it, you look great in it. Because there's a perception that any article of clothing that's designed to you know, have 40 pockets and, and, and carry all your things, that it's going to look a little bulky, and it doesn't. It doesn't. We go to great extremes to ensure that it doesn't happen. So we, we engineer that. Yeah, I want to so. get to you the fact that you're an attorney and then you got into this. But, I mean, you came up with this concept. How did it help? Did you find this from somebody else, or did you sit there and say, and then you patented the you patented the, the the pocket. You patented a pocket, I think, right, or some version of that. Sort of, yeah. Well, I mean, um, I can't say complete credit because it was my wife who got sick of me handing the you know my devices to her as we were leaving for a hike on one day, and I was frustrated practicing law, looking for another business to go into, couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. And I'm handing her my phone and my cords and my Sony Discman. And, and she turns to me one day and says, I'm not your personal Sherpa. Why don't you invent something to carry all your own stuff? And that was the light bulb moment. And, and I was doing a lot of traveling as well. And it occurred to me that if there are fishing vests and photographer's vests yeah. for fishermen and, 
and photographers. And why is it that the only thing for you know uh, everyone else is a fanny pack or a backpack? And why not design, you know, which was then the eVest 1.0, uh, a vest that is designed to look great and carry your uh, modern day um, electronics and related items. So then, how did you get that it was, started? So, so, all right, so you start that. Did you make a, you? I, I remember seeing because you and I are Facebook friends. I mean, we're we're friends now, and and I see stuff that you post from time to time. Some of it just, quite frankly, just batshit crazy. But other than that, uh, I'll just you know I say that. To you. <laughs> but uh, you're you're my left version of Trump, by the way. I got Trump on one side of my friends, which I know you're you're not a big fan of, and I got you way over on the other far side, and you know which is good balance for me because somewhere I'm in in the middle. Uh, but although I'm with you on some things, and then I'm with him on the other, some other things. So there you go. But uh, did you did you made the very first prototype? I remember seeing a picture of that. Uh, yeah, well, you know, well, we we tried at first when I started this and came up with this idea. My wife and I um, were told to go to the the fabric market in Chicago and, mm-hmm. and and attempt to make it ourselves, literally ourselves, and and we almost got in a divorce. I mean, I mean, it was so complicated, and we had no experience in sewing and pattern making, and given the complexity of this, um, that we ultimately hired a, a designer, and we did, you know, file for a patent and receive one on the incorporation of wires and clothing, because one of the major elements to this, in my mind, was the wires that dangle from you from headsets as well as power cords. Yeah. And, um, and that, that, that was the nature of the patent, which actually is interesting, Jeff, because you know, upon reflection, I think a lot of business people feel that unless they have something that is completely protectable, you know, that no one else can do or knock you off or whatever, that, that, that it's not a business worth pursuing. And I spent a great deal of my time and effort in the first several years of my business trying to fight for a patent and get the patent and, and enforce the patent. And at the end of the day, what was more important is the execution on the clothing unto itself and building a brand. Yeah. So if I had it to do over again, all the time and effort that I spent on the patent and the mind share so, you know, I would caution, you know, entrepreneurs or want to be entrepreneurs. It's not about the idea. It's about the execution of the idea. Amen. Amen, uh, brother. You, 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 I, you know, I, you know, that's where I'm at in terms of most businesses. What? So when, so you got, you got the thing, you got it going. And then how did I, how did you start selling it? I mean, now you, now you got the big, well, you got a little catalog, you got, you get mostly everything's online. And then, you know, I was just at one of a red carpet here in New York where they just opened up a, a flagship store and you're in it. But beyond, how did you get started at first? Well, Were you selling out of the back of your car? Well, well, well it was six, it was, it was about 15 years ago yeah. and I didn't know it at the time, but we were the first clothing brand to start on the internet. There were other brands like Land's End and established brands like The Gap, and you know they were primarily catalog-based, and of course they put their products on the internet as well. But we were the first clothing brand to start on the internet, and that was com- a complete accident. I-, I-, I thought that you know I'd sell through Hammaker Schlemmer and Sharper Image and maybe a department store. Or, you know I thought that was the way you go. And I'm pursuing all those paths. And my web designer, because I was going to have a brochure website at the time. Remember, this this is the year 2001. He says, you know what? You want me to you know, e-commerce enable your site for another $1,000? And at that point, another $1,000 was significant. And I said, yeah. okay. 
And that, it was that decision at that time that, that, that made us what we are today. Over 85% of our business um, is direct to consumer online. And uh, at, at that point, we, we, we started accepting orders even before we had products being manufactured. We were doing pre-orders. And if you want to call it crowdfunding, the precursor to Kickstarter, if yeah. you will, <laughs> in, in, two, in 2001. And, and, and what I recognized that the most important thing was to get eyeballs on my site. And I spent 40% of my time talking to media. Yeah. trying to pitch them the product and convince them to cover the product. And, and it was unique enough and I was passionate enough that I was able to get you know, the attention of the media. Well, you've got a lot of, uh, I think one of the other things I think you've done is I, I call it OPM, other people's money, but you've got some raving fans. I mean, you've got, uh, you, you got me out there. I've done, I've done it without question. Let me be clear. People that are listening in right now know that I, I tweet about you, not because I get anything from you. You don't pay me one penny. It's because I'm a freaking freight raving yeah. fan. And, but you've also got some other raving fans, Peter, Peter Shankman. In fact, Peter, Peter was, in fact, this is another thing. Peter Shankman, who used to own Harrow is a, you know, Shank Mines. He's a great guy. Um, and he's a big champion for ADD community as well. And, um, he invited me to a party before Christmas. That's uh, how we met. Yeah, that's how you and I personally met. But then that's when I realized, oh, my God, this is the vest I already own. I own two of these. What are you talking about? I love this, this product. And and it was, and I know he's in one, and you got Guy Kawasaki, but you've got a lot. Oh, uh, Robert Scoble. These are all friends of mine as well. And you, you know, Wozniak, I mean, you oh, know, yeah. Amy Tan. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I've got a, a long list of, 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 of celebrity influencer customers and friends. And I, I, I could pick up the phone and email them. Michael Mann, the famous uh, producer, director. Yep. Uh, um, There's a music uh, guy. Uh, Which one? It's like, like Herbie Hancock or Herbie something. Herbie Hancock? Yeah, Herbie. I remember He's being copied friend. on an email He's with a... Herbie. <laughs> yeah, these are, these are people who are passionate about the product. Yeah. Because it changes the way they live their lives. And what I've done is I've embraced that and, 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 you know, and I don't pay a nickel to one of them. And they all have enabled me to use their likeness and because they just feel that the product speaks for itself. And, and they happen to like me as a person, which helps. Um, yeah. I, I'm told my enthusiasm is a bit infectious. At times, uh, it can be a bit much if you're my wife, um, <laughs> as you can imagine. Or your employees, <laughs> probably. Your employees as well, sometimes, I would imagine. I, I, indeed. Yeah. You know, that, that, as a business person, that's something I, I've learned a tremendous amount. It, you know, you hear this over and over again, the importance of building a team and corporate culture. I learned that the hard way, and I'm learning it every single day. Ooh, is that, yeah. you, you, it's not a matter of just you know, pay someone and give them a job description. You've got to coddle them and, you know, and, and you know, deal with their good days and their bad days and, I mean, all those things. And it's, it's, it's a complicated thing. <laughs> so. Hey, well, let me, speaking of great brands, I got to take a break here. It's great to have one of my favorite brands as a sponsor of all business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Cause when I'm ready for a coffee break and by the way, as soon as I'm done with this, I'm going to go get one, a big, huge, big, extra large one. And it's Dunkin', and it's America's largest retailer of coffee by the cup. They're rich and bold blends, hit the spot every single time. Hit them for me. Could I go to them at least twice a day, if not three times a day? 
America truly runs on Duncan. And don't forget to swing by your local Duncan and pick up a cup of coffee. Hey, uh, do you drink coffee, Scott? Of course. Yeah. And I love Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, but they, they're, they're not out where you're coffee. at. You're out in the middle of nowhere, man. You're out in Idaho. They they, they even have a Dunkin' I out there? I buy it online. Yeah? Oh, do, I, oh yeah, wow. Do, but not, not my town. But I buy it online. I, I literally, I have the most expensive coffee maker uh, known to man, $8,000 automatic coffee maker. It's unbelievable. And I was told I needed to buy the most expensive coffee, but I buy Dunkin' Donuts coffee whole bean and i love it uh, cool man i well they, we didn't even know that That's, so what so you <laughs> talk about the school hard knocks because when you when you own a business you go through it and you and you got the only way to do it is to survive it what, what's been the biggest lesson that you think you've taken from your experience as an owner you know we touched on a little bit before it's, it's, the, it's the people yeah. i mean it's understanding the importance of people and the, 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 the people, human beings are complicated. And, 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 you know, I just assumed that everyone who came to work for me when I first started it had the same level of enthusiasm and, um, and commitment that I have, but you know, that's just never going to be the case. And, yeah. um, you know, and, and intelligence as well. I just looked at everyone as through my prism of my mentality. So I, 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 I moved to Sun Valley, Idaho, a, a town of 5,000 people, and tried to build a multinational brand. And the people that are here are here because they want to ski. It's a, a, a ski town or bike. And no one comes here because they want, to, want a, a, a career. And I went out to the community and started hiring people and gave them a job description, paid them what they wanted, and just thought – you know, they would do what is necessary. And, and the fact of the matter is, you know, the amount of time that you, that, that you need to spend on people is, is excruciating. And, yeah. um, but yet it's rewarding when you do it and you see results. Yep. Um, yeah, and, 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 and you're not going to get results from everybody. You see these everybody. people grow. Yeah, you're not, and you're not going to get no, results from everybody. Yeah. You'd, you'd like yeah. to think that. In fact, I did an interview yesterday with somebody on the media. I can't remember, television somewhere. And um, uh, and they asked me about what's the one thing I'm seeing from all the people that I interview on the show. You know, is there one common theme? And I said, yeah, absolutely. It jumps out every every show. And it's people. It is people. And uh, not spending enough time before I hire the right people, not spending enough time uh, educating the people, not spending enough time you know, motivating the people, not spending enough time, um, you know, talking about my conditions of satisfaction, all those, but it's always around people. That's the biggest thing. I, I don't, every single person that's been on the show, that's the one thing they talk about. You know, and it's funny, you know, I, I could talk about this for hours, so I know it's a limited, uh, you know, I don't have it, hours. But, you know, I don't have hours. I've heard, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, I think it would make sense for, for, for businesses to hire full-time um, psychiatrists or psychologists to just to, you know, if I had someone who was able to align the company's um, uh, goals with the people's goals and explain it, I, if they were doing that full-time, you know, it would be, it would be effective. You know, I think that under the circumstances, the most important thing, the most difficult thing is the people then, you know, finding someone who understands people best, it would be an effective use of, of, of money and time. I mean, yeah. it, it, it is 
It's all about the people. Another story is, you ever hear the expression bozo explosion? No, I have um, not. Guy Kawas- Guy- it's an amazing expression. Guy Kawasaki coined the term bozo explosion. And, and, and the way it goes is this. You know the, the premise that A players hire A players and, and B players hire C players because yeah. they're threatened by them? You know, you know, an A player is going to be uh, want to work with other A, other super A players. They're not going to feel threatened by them. They're going to be inspired by working around other uh, other great players. So, uh, what happened at Apple, as uh, Guy Kawasaki uh, coined, is that a, a, a bozo explosion is when you first put the most senior level person who's a B player, and they begin to hire C players, and throughout the uh-huh. the organization, they, it yeah. explodes. Yeah. And you have what is known as a bozo explosion. Before you know it, everyone around you is a bozo. And, yeah. and we kind of went through that ourselves. I, when I was running my company I, and we were growing, I hired a very senior guy to run my company because everyone tells you the entrepreneur can't run their own company. you got to step aside. And I hired a, a bozo. And that bozo hired a number of other six-figure salary bozos. And then we had a bozo explosion. But then I asked Guy, who became a good friend, I said, you know, your your premise presupposes that the A players walk around with an A on their forehead and you're able to determine who the A players are versus who the B players are. My most difficult job is how do you figure out who the A players are when you're about to offer a job? It's often impossible. Um, so he, he laughed and he says, that's not for me to figure out. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, um, but you... the, the last point on that is that both the top bozo in that, in, in our bozo explosion was me because I hired, I hired the first bozo. Yeah. That makes me a bozo. But the reason why I hired him wasn't because I was threatened because I didn't know how to determine the skill set, uh, necessary. I, I, and I still don't. Yeah, but you have to go through. You have to go through the bad experience to get to the good one. Sometimes, you know, it's like you have to go through a lot of bad dates to get to the perfect woman. You know, uh, for guys, you know, or for or or other gals that want a woman. But you know, you you have to go through that. But you know, hey, speaking of bozos, I want to bring something else out. You 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 were on Celebrity Apprentice, and speak. You know, Shark Tank. Yeah, Shark Tank. I'm Shark Tank. I'm sorry. I get my shows yeah. confused. Yeah. You were on Shark Tank. You were on Celebrity I, I was still on Celebrity Prince, <laughs> right? So you you okay. were on Shark Tank not once but twice, which I've only seen that happen. I've no, no, seen... no, 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 no. Once. Was it just once? You were, oh, you were, they, they wanted yeah. you back again, didn't they? That's right. They yeah, wanted they you did. back. All right. Let's yeah. talk about that experience because – you you went in one way and it came out another and you in fact I even remember Mark Cuban making the comment he wanted to make you cry which he didn't by the way I'm tell everybody you don't no. make Scott Jordan cry Scott will make you cry all right I just want to point that out <laughs> you know but so talk to me about that experience you went on there and what was it like for you so it was it was um, season seven uh, about three years ago. Um, uh, episode um i i forgot which episode but seven episode seven um, i got and, it written in my notes at season three episode okay. seven uh and um i went on primarily for publicity yeah. okay and uh, and anyone who goes on that show and doesn't go on first and foremost primarily for publicity is an idiot yeah. And, and, and and I know that sounds rough, but if you have an opportunity to get in front of 7 million people in one shot, 
your first goal is to impress those 7 million people. If you're able to raise money at the same time and tap into the connections of the sharks as well, great. That's gravy. But you should first be concerned with the publicity that you're going to get from being on that show. Because there is no assurance that even deals made on the show will result in actual deals made. Well, but now, let me let me say that. On, hey, let me say that because I do know many. I know all the people that are up on that stage or up on the on the thing. I know the producers behind the show, and I know that ninety some percent of these deals never go through. They they yeah, just they never yeah, go through. I mean, those deals are and, and and don't kid yourself. Those sharks are there not necessarily to make investments. They're there for their own egos and their own publicity as well. Yeah. They're not there to make investments. That's not their primary goal. They have much better ways to get investments made. They're, they're making TV. Yeah. It's a TV show. Yeah. So I went on you know, pretty purposely, you know, knowing. But at the same time, I did want to raise money as well. I could not just go on on a complete farce. So I, I applied for Scotty Vest, my main company, you know, the one that's you know done over sixty million dollars, and 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 I went through the process, and I'm deep into the process. They finally say, oh, we like you, we're going to send you an agreement, and I got the agreement. And deep on page forty-two in fine print is an option clause that gives the producers of the show five percent of your business, whether a deal is done or not. Basically, a finder's fee in exchange for the for the publicity that you're about to get. Well, that's for, said, and by the way, that's, that's, that. yeah, that's Sony, that's Sony or Mark Burnett, right? That's Burnett, yeah, yeah. And ABC yeah. and ABC. So they all get that's a piece right. of that. Yeah. Wow. Hey, hey now, two now, seconds, two seconds. Hey, hang on just a second. Cause I got to come back. Cause I got to talk money right now. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. I got to talk about taxes because Liberty tax is on board all business. It's one of the fastest growing retail tax prep firms with 4,000 offices across North Dakota or, or North America, North Dakota, North America. They're bigger than North Dakota because they got 4,000. They got more people that are doing work for them than there are people in North Dakota. So if you're thinking about a seasonal franchise opportunity, think about them, look to Liberty, you know who they are. Okay. Well, let's keep, let's keep going on. Let's go. So uh, I see this option agreement. I say, well, you know, I'm not going to give 5% of a, you know, $10 million company to producers, regardless of a deal is made. And I went back to my, uh, the guy I was working with, I said, I can't sign this. And he says, well, you can't sign it. You can't be on the show. And I said, well, I'm going to pivot. I have this wholly owned subsidiary called technology enabled clothing that has the patent rights to the incorporation of, of, of wires in my clothing. And I control all the revenues of that company. Can I pitch that company? And he went back to the powers that be and says, yes, you can. But if you dare utter the word Scotty Vest during your pitch, we will then take 5% of Scotty Vest. And I said, that's going to be awfully hard if they start asking me about this company to not say the name of the company. And they said, well, that's the deal. Take it or leave it. So I took it having gone through that much rehearsals and preparation. And I was on stage. And within two seconds, Robert says, I've heard about your, uh, there's another company doing this already, and he didn't mention the name. And, and so what happened was they all wanted a piece of Scotty Vest. Sure. And they're all negotiating on Scotty Vest. And I was not allowed to say, okay, I get it. That's the good company. That's the one with the revenues, blah, blah, blah. Let's negotiate. I couldn't. But I was contractually bound that I was not allowed to mention the word Scotty Vest or negotiate for Scotty Vest. Well, and you, by the so way, I should, I I should note, I got to note that you're also an attorney. Right by trade, 
Yeah. I mean, that's where you, so you yeah. know about this. So you're be. I, I assume you're a little bit extra cautious because of that. Uh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people sign those contracts without ever considering the impact. Yeah. They're complicated agreements. I mean, they basically own your life story. I mean, yeah. there were, there were limitations. You've seen these agreements. Oh I mean, yeah. You, you know what they look like. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it, I wasn't allowed to talk to you. I, I probably cannot under the language of their contract, I cannot mention the word Shark Tank to you right now on air without making a phone call to publicity people at ABC, which they would never return. So <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah. You know, um, it's not logical. But so in any event, I had two offers from you know a million dollars total, but they wanted to combine the companies. I couldn't do it. So I said, all right. You know, I, I'm going to make some good TV. And I pointed at two of the sharks after calling Steve Wozniak and said, you're out and you're out. And got in a fight with Cuban and, and probably the most memorable episode ever. And most people thought I came off a little um, arrogant. You know, I, you know, they don't know the backstory yeah, of it they all. They don't I know the backstory. I, I, you know, i got to be honest with you. I've known you for a number of years. I know the story. I've watched the episode. I know that they came back to you to try to get you back on. And, um, but I never knew, I don't, I don't think I ever remembered the backstory of that piece of it. That's interesting to me. That makes it, yeah, it it makes it a lot different kind of story when you hear that. It's funny because we have, we were going to do a documentary about this, Jeff. I want to talk offline. I mean, I've got about my particular story and about Shark Tank and about, you know, but, you know, it seems a little bit self-serving and, and we kind of put the stop on it. But we've got, you know, a lot of footage of me rehearsing because most everything I do is live streamed or on video somewhere or another. Yep. So was that's it, my Shark Tank story. Yeah. Well, but so what was the positive that came out of that? What was the positive? that came, First of all, what was the um, positive? What was the positive that came out? At, you, you, I mean, you pissed them off right there. They, uh, you know, Mark... Cuban says, hey, I'm going to make you cry. I'm coming after you, blah, 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 which, by the way, he did continue after the show, which I want to talk about yeah, that in a second. But, but right there, you walked away, you're done. What was, the, what was the thing that said to you that was a great decision, and I feel positive about that? What did you learn from that, like, that right, right there? So, 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 so be, right there, before it went on air, before I you know, saw what happened, I, I, I knew it was going to air a lot of times. A lot of the ones they filmed don't air. You know, I, 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 the positive was I was able to stand up to five people and, and, and handle it respectfully. And I, I, I felt that all the preparation I did w- was good. I didn't yell. I didn't lose my temper. I, you know, I, I felt really good. I mm-hmm. really I really thought that it was good. But then it's all up to the edit. You know, they can, you know, they, I was in there for 15 minutes and they had, you know, 15 minutes. To, they edited 15 minutes down to 15. They could have made me look any way they wanted. And I... I felt that, you know, the material I gave them would, uh, you know, couldn't make me look horrible. And I, I was, I was pleased. The positive was I got offered a million dollars. I got to check a number of boxes. I, I wanted to make sure I called Waz. I wanted to make sure I unloaded my best. I wanted to make sure I, I did a bunch of things. And, why, and by um, the way, why did, why did you want to, why did you want to call Waz in the middle of that? Who I also know too, as well. It's kind of always fun to cross people um, we know. Because I, I, yeah, I thought I, you know, I, I, everyone, you know, it's like an opportunity. It's good TV, you know. Phone a friend, you know. I, you know, I, I, I wanted to get let let them know I knew Waz, and that you know, the funny thing is, is that um, 
I, I forgot who it was. They, 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 they made fun of me for, for, for the emphasis on the patent, which was what I needed to do because that's all tech. The company I was pitching really right. had yeah. a brand name and a patent. Um, but they said, do you know how many patents Apple had when they first started? I'm going to tell you, they had only one. And they made it, they made this whole example about, you know, why am I so reliant on a patent when Apple only had one? And Apple has a lot more than one now, as does every company that Mark Cuban invests in. There's a lot of intellectual property. So, you know, in order, it, it, it later, you know, moments later, to, to say I, I need to call Steve Wozniak as my board of advisors, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was good TV. Yeah, it, it was, was good you know, TV. You know, it, it's it's interesting. You I you and I think a lot alike that from that regards about okay, let's think through the strategy of this. Let's think through the outcome. Let's think what are the conditions of satisfaction that I want to get from that experience, and then you went through the scenarios of it and then practiced those scenarios to get ready for it so that you were prepped and and I don't think a lot of business people do that. No, not not in a reality TV show setting, or more importantly, the real life. The real life of, of board meetings or investor meetings. I, I literally game this thing out, you know, to know that the longer I stand there on that stage, the more footage, the more opportunity they have to get footage of me looking like a jerk. So I, I I controlled when I was getting off, you know, by saying I'm out of here. You know, obviously we can't make a deal. You know, I I I knew. I had to do five things when I was on that stage. You know, I hoped that it would make them all in the edit. Four of them didn't, unfortunately. And here's the interesting thing is the only reason I went on, or not the only reason, the primary reason I went on was for publicity. I thought it would help sales. It did not. It did not. And there was one reason that uh, we bought over $2 million in inventory with the expectation that uh, that's a big number. I mean, uh, of of inventory with the expectation that within 30 days, we would have sold through all $2 million. The Friday night of the airing compared to the Friday night before, not a dollar difference. It did not help at all. And the reason is simple. Uh, it, it was an edit about me, a, a, a lawyer arguing with Five Sharks, very compelling TV, but it wasn't about a product. You didn't watch that and say, I want to buy that, solely because the, the, the piece of me pulling stuff out of the vest and mm-hmm. showing how useful it was, was cut. Yep. If, they had, if they had included that 30 seconds, they were like, holy crap, he had all that stuff in there, and he really did, and he pulled it out, and... You know, it, it would have been it, the difference of millions of dollars. Yeah, that part—that part I would agree with. I—I I, I think that's a—that's a great learning from the experience there that you had. Um, let me take another quick break, and then I want to come back to more learning, and then as we kind of wrap up everything. But I just has just been fascinating. It's always fun to visit with you, Scott. And I want to talk about emails. Oh, by the way, you're going to love this, Scott, because I know you use this product. So are you swamped by emails? Are you spending hours and hours sorting out what's important and what's not? Uh, I was in the same spot until I found SaneBox. SaneBox intelligently sorts your emails so you can deal with the most important ones right away. Check this out. Here's what you got to be able to do, guys. It, it, it learns you. It figures out the stuff. It drops them into boxes for you. I wake up in the morning, and I only have so many emails. And as I start to send emails, I tag these people in the emails. And then, like, two hours later, it shows back up if they haven't answered. A week later, whatever I've asked it to do, when I say one-day reminder, one-hour reminder, one-month reminder. So go to www.sanebox, S-A-N-E-box.com 
forward slash Hazlet, H-A-Y-Z-L-E-T-T. Get that. I'm telling you, it's the best 20 bucks or whatever it is. I don't even know. I think I get the full plan, the big one. You get like lunch, uh, let's see, breakfast, lunch, dinner, or snack, lunch, dinner, their plans. I get the big one, the all-you-can-eat plan, because it is that is that freaking valuable to my business. And, Scotty, I turned you on to this, didn't I? It's like a softball. You've be, be, seen Dunkin' Donuts and now Sandbox. I mean, I, I swear by Sandbox. It saves me hours, yeah. hours, hours. And you and I have an ongoing kind of competition every month when we get our report as to who, who handles more emails and who saves more time. What? And we're, we're about even, although lately you've been beating me. Yeah, um, well, I've been doing amazing. a lot. Been doing a lot. Yeah, I remember you because you you put up a, on Facebook. You put up on Facebook. Hey, I'm looking for a tool that does this, and you, you were thinking about some other one. I said use this one, and I think you went with the other one, and then you came back and used this, and now you use it. I, I use a combination of things, yep. um, but this is clearly uh, one of the ones I use, and that's one of my keys to success, Jeff. Is um is following up. I call it FUing. I mean, yeah. how many emails oh, yeah. do you send, or do people send you? that no one follows up. It's yeah. just like, I, every single email I send or receive, I flag I, I, using Sanebox or Google Inbox to a, to a date that if I don't get a response and it doesn't come to conclusion, I send it again. Yeah. I send it again. I send it with a nice message and that's one of the primary keys to my success. I think this is, the Sanebox, quite frankly, has become my single biggest uh, management tool. I, I, I would think of all the things I'm using right now, I would say SaneBox for me right this very minute is my best my best secret weapon, and it really is. I'm, I yeah, love it. I, I would agree. Hey, let me ask you one one more question as as we're kind of wrapping up. But I but I really I, I just I could spend all day with you. Um, what was the bad thing? What was the bad experience that you would have said? I, I don't want to do that again, with with Shark Tank. Ah, uh, you know. Um... I, you know, I guess I, I, I never anticipated that a, a, after the show that that Mark Cuban would have, uh, you know, um, admitted that his goal was to make me cry and to go to one of my competitors who completely knocked me off, like completely, so much so I could not tell the difference between the products. And he tweets to that competitor saying, I fully support you and I will pay any legal fees that you have as a result of Scott. It was, it was I, very know, vindictive. I, I, yeah. I just... It was just, it was childish. It was, it was vindictive. And I just never really anticipated that, 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 that could happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, you know, I, it's funny because I, I happened to meet Mark Cuban for the first time, um, at South by Southwest. We were at a small party together and he claims he, you know, doesn't remember me, but, um, he does because periodically he, he you know, he, he pokes at me and, you know, he, he believes that patents are, are crap and, you know, yet every business he, he, he buys, you know, has some intellectual property. And so I, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that, that, that bothered me. That, mm -hmm. that, that really bothered me. And I don't think people really understand that, that the power that these sharks have, I, you know, it didn't hurt me. I mean, it didn't hurt my business, it, but it, it really, it was the bad thing. I mean, yeah. you know, it was, it, well, it's it was, kind of a distraction. I think it's more of a distraction, right? It's a, it's like it's like a little yeah, knit knit out it, there that becomes that distraction, which 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 takes your eye off the ball because you get focused on it. Yeah, I mean, I had my attorneys look at you know whether I had a, a case for tortious interference with contract. I actually did. Mm -hmm. I could have sued Mark Cuban, but I didn't want to be that guy. But you know, yeah, yes, that was a bad thing. Otherwise, I you know overall it was a good experience. It would have been nice 
if it resulted in sales, but you know, notoriety and the ability to talk with guys like you and others about the experience, because I think it carries over beyond just reality TV. Yeah. You know, like we were talking about, you know, you should game out all possible outcomes and, and I did. So. Yeah. Awesome. Well, what's new for you? What's going to be the next thing for, for Scotty vest for tech enabled clothing? You what's know, what's the, we, I mean, besides we, a, a color or yeah. something, what, what's the next thing you got planned? Well, we're we're in the in the process of a complete site relaunch uh, and rebranding. And by next week, you you'll see a completely new vision of, of our, our company, all the images and everything else. So, um, you and I talked about this a while ago. So, I'm super excited about that. Our website uh, over the years was built on um, on top of itself without any clear messaging, and I think it's going to be really impactful. Um, we're dealing more and more with more retail stores. Uh, getting our stuff in B2B uh, locations. We have lots of new products in the pipeline, many of which I can't talk about. We have over 50 now, but check them out. Yeah, I think it, and we're, we're, we're coming out with an, an omni-channel method of uh, a new point of purchase display to enable people to go to a store and buy something and having it shipped there in a really interesting fashion. So always a lot of stuff going on. Well, it's always a pleasure to visit with you. You you are one of the few people that I think could match me for energy uh, in terms of just <laughs> excitement and just getting out there and just going to it and living life to the fullest. And I know you live life to the fullest, whether you're you know you're at home back in in Idaho or you're on the road. And I appreciate it. So thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Jeff. I appreciate it. Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world, Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Hey, at the end of every single show, I'd like to think, think about and talk about the things I learned. And what did I learn from talking to Scott? I always like talking to Scott. He's, as I said, he's a little bit crazy uh, sometimes. And and he, But you know what I like about him mostly is he just speaks his mind. If you ever get to know him personally a little bit better and you start looking at some of the crazy videos and stuff he does personally, they are a little bit crazy because he is a little bit crazy. And you got to take all kinds of people like that. And I, I love talking to him because he's just full of energy. But, you know, did you hear what he said? He said if he had to do it over – he, he spent too much time trying to protect, protect, put a moat around, you know, put up walls around his idea rather than the execution of the idea. Folks, you know, I read this book called Think Big, Act Bigger. It's all about the execution. And you can, you can execute a bad idea better than a great idea and still do better. So it's execution. The other thing, the second thing, it was a lot of gems here, wasn't there? The second one was preparation. Do you see how he got ready for the show? And he was ready for any kind of thing, or at least as best as he could, by going through the scenarios and uh, in his head and practicing a little bit. I'll bet you even took out a video camera, practiced in front of the camera a few times, or at least in front of the mirror. And then, wow, I thought the third one, remember when he said he didn't get any business from it? Match your audience to your product, my friends. Match it. Now, they didn't get a chance to see the vest, so it really became about him and the controversy rather than about the product. So always keep the focus on what you're selling or what you're doing or where you want them to go, 
not on that, you know, that uh, all the, the circus around it. So I thought those were the things I learned, uh, you know, that, that really get down, get down and dirty. And this is how you do it. Man, that was fun. Um, so, hey, and by the way, it's a great vest. Don't forget about it. Scott E. Vest. Go there. Look it up. I, I actually truly own one of everything he, he's got, except for the shorts or the pants. I don't have those yet. Maybe I will do that. But, uh, but I really do love the vest. I do love the coat. And you know what? I even love the underwear. There you go. I, 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 that's way too much information. So, hey, for, folks, uh, please do me a favor. Um, go, go, go rate us on, on iTunes and tell your friends about all business, whichever he is, right here on Play.it, CBS Radio Network, and on iTunes. Thanks. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.